Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. Awesome. Good morning. How's everybody doing? So good to see you. Before I jump into uh, the message, uh, we're starting something new this year uh, at New Day Community Church, and we want to take a, a moment to, to recognize new members uh, by inviting them up and welcoming them. And then at the same time that we do that, we want to, uh, as, as a congregation, reaffirm the membership commitment that we all made uh, when we uh, joined New Day. So uh, if you guys uh, would join me in welcoming up uh, Chuck and Kim and Esther Kirchen. Yay! I must say, I'm very excited about these guys. They're wonderful. They've been such an encouragement to me, and I just am so glad that you guys have joined the family. Uh, so these guys have chosen to join with us and have committed to fulfill the same thing that all of us have committed to. And I would just invite you to, to stand with me as we reaffirm our commitment as a community. Uh, if you could, uh, we'll just read this together. I commit to safeguard the unity of this church by acting in love toward other members, by refusing to gossip, and by following the leaders. I commit to share the responsibility of this church by praying for its growth, by inviting others to attend, and by warmly welcoming New Day guests. I commit to serve the ministry of this church by discovering my gifts and talents, by being equipped and willing to serve and by developing a servant's heart. I commit to support the testimony of this church by attending faithfully, by financially giving regularly, and by living a godly life, agreeing to and abiding by our statement of faith. Awesome. And we, uh, as members, have all, all uh, signed that commitment. And I just think it's an exciting uh, opportunity for us as we welcome new members to uh, just remember what we have committed to as a community and that we are here to love one another, to support one another, and to encourage one another, and to support the work uh, of this church as we, as a community, uh, bring light into a dark world, as we, as a community, are a church that makes a difference through loving, learning, and leading. See how I tied that in there? Yeah. That's really good. Wow. Hello. <laughs> So uh, would you guys join me? We just want to uh, pray for the Kirchens. So uh, just reach your hands out and we're just going to bless them. Father God, we just thank you so much, God, for Chuck and Kim and Esther. God, and I just pray that uh, as, as they are, are planted here, Father God, that you would just pour out powerfully upon them, God, that you would just cause them to grow and, and to flourish as, as a, a blessing in, in their own lives individually and as their family, and that they would be a blessing to this community, Father God. And we just pray that your spirit would just pour out on them, Father God. We thank you for the hearts of worship that you've put in them, God, the hearts of encouragement that you've put in them, God. And we're just so excited that you have chosen to, and they have chosen to plant themselves here, Father. And we just bless them. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much. Bless you guys. Awesome. Awesome. You guys may be seated as well. So here we are. Week four. 
I've been at New Day Community Church of Kalamazoo for seven weeks in a row. This has been really fun. So it's been great. Uh, so we are finishing our series on loving, learning, leading, and I'm so glad that some of you found it encouraging. Thanks, Bill, for that. And, uh, and uh, we have talked for the, for the last month that we want to be a, a church that is making a difference, that is uh, bringing the, the light of the gospel you know, everywhere that we go, especially in our community and in our, in our world. We talked about how we want to be a church that makes a difference through loving God and loving others. Um, and we talked last week about how we want to be a church uh, that makes a difference by learning all Christ taught and committing to discipleship processes and committing to getting into the word and, and growing in our knowledge. And today... What we're going to do is talk about leading, the final L, the third L, leading others towards Jesus. You know, how do we uh, lead others? How do we bear witness uh, of the light in a world that is full of darkness? And so that is where we're going today. I forgot my clip. No, I didn't. Here it is. Everything's fine, friends. Don't you worry. So uh, a little over 10 years ago, I went on a, a mission trip with New Day Community Church uh, to Morocco, and I think I mentioned this a few years ago, or no, a few weeks ago, um, and we, we went to Morocco, and there was one day that we were in Marrakesh, and we were in the, in the marketplace, and I believe they're called the souks. I can't remember, that's the word that comes in, and there's all these kind of winding alleys, and there's a bunch of vendors, and they're selling colorful, exciting Moroccan things, um, and Nike t-shirts, and, and it, was, it was great, and it was fun, and it was myself, and Dan and Beth Sear, and Leanne, it doesn't matter, Leanne, uh, and we were wandering about, and I uh, am normally very good at directions, right? Like, if we're sitting in my house, and Amber and I are talking, and she says, oh, we should go to the kid's school, and I would say, you mean the kid's school over there? Like, I know my directions, I know where things are. And so when we were wandering around these alleys in Morocco, in Marrakesh, I was confident that we would be able to find our way back and get back to the, the group that was in kind of the main market square. And so we're wandering about, and it's, it's been a while, and it gets to the point where we're like, you know, we should probably head back and, and meet up with, with the rest of the group. And I'm like, all right, and so I start leading uh, my band uh, back to the marketplace, and, and it didn't take too long before we realized that perhaps Mark doesn't actually know where he's going. <laughs> and, and it's like, we're, it's like we couldn't, there, I somehow left the marketplace. Like that, it, thinking back, I'm like, well, why did you leave the place where they were selling things? I don't know. But we, uh, somehow we were, and then we ended up in like this residential district, and I was like, this is bizarre. I'm not sure. And then, then we were in, there was a school. There was a, a school there. And I was like, we're definitely in, in, in the wrong place. And, and I had to admit, and it was difficult for me to say, you know what, guys? Actually, I have no idea where we are. And we're just getting more and more lost the, the more I lead you through the streets of, of Marrakesh. And, and so we're like, uh-oh, now what are we going to do? And this young boy uh, from the schoolyard comes over and says, uh, I'm trying to remember how Dan talked to him. The, the, the details are a little bit foggy. It was a long time ago. Um, and so this little boy comes, and he offers to lead us back to the marketplace because he knows Marrakesh. He has been there. Well, I have seen Indiana Jones, and I assumed that this was probably some sort of a setup, 
that he was going to lead us into a, a dark alley, and we were going to be, uh, you know, robbed of all our 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 goods. We had very little goods, but uh, but I had no choice. It was that or just wander Marrakesh uh, forever. And so we put our trust in this in this boy, and he led us back to the marketplace, and then ran off, and we never saw him again. And so why do I why do I tell this story? And the the reason is because just like uh, that, that little boy, he knew something about Marrakesh that I didn't know. He knew how to get places. He knew where the streets went. He had an understanding that I didn't know. Right? And as Christ followers, we know something that, that other people are blinded to. Right? And that's kind of like, the, like the, the PC part of me doesn't like saying that out loud, right? That's not a very popular thing to say in this culture. But there's this reality that as Christ followers, we know something that other people don't. That we have experienced something that other people are missing. Right? We ha- have found that when we know the reality that salvation is found in no other name except Jesus. We know that Jesus alone is the way and the truth and the life. Right? And so just as this little boy found these uh, four Americans who had no idea what they were doing and they're just wandering around blind, right? And, and he was like, hey, you know what? I'll help you get to where you want to go. And in the same way, we as Christ followers, when we see people that are lost in, in darkness, that are lost in, in their sin, we have this opportunity, and I might even say an obligation, to lead them towards Christ. Right? But we also, we want to be, you know, nice. <laughs> you know, we want to follow Jesus' example as he led people towards the Father. Right? And we don't see Jesus berating or strong-arming people into the kingdom. Right? We see him revealing the kingdom. We see him revealing himself through his, his preaching. We see him revealing his, his, uh, his, uh, his divinity through these, uh, these power, these movements of power, uh, the uh, you know, healings and casting out demons. We see him you know, revealing the kingdom and then giving people an opportunity to choose to follow him. And we have this same opportunity to lead people by being examples, by being lights in the world, by helping them move closer to Jesus, helping them become disciples to find the reality that they have been blinded to. Right? We talked a couple weeks ago about in 2 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that there's a God of this world that blinds people to the reality of the creator God. Right? And we have an opportunity to work with Jesus to bring the light of the gospel into these people's lives. Not because we're better than them, not because we're going to stand up on a, on a milk crate and you know, yell, turn or burn. Right? We, are going to, we are going to love them into the kingdom. Right? The Bible says that it is uh, the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Right? And so saying angry Facebook comments or pretending like we're better than other people because we know Jesus is absolutely the wrong way to go. All right? I'm trying to make that really clear. And um, 
And so we see that right before Jesus gives us this command, his disciples in Matthew 28, to go and make disciples, he says this awesome statement. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, he says. So Jesus, we see him right before the Great Commission, stepping into and revealing that he is the cosmic ruler. That he is the reality of the, he is the one that, that, uh, that spoke all things into creation. He is the one that holds all things together. He is God. He is the cosmic ruler. And this word authority, it means the right to control or command. Right? And Jesus has all right to control and command. Right? And because he is now seated in his rightful place at the right hand of God on the throne. In this Jesus who we know and who we worship is the king of the world. And we have this opportunity not just to bring people uh, this opportunity to say the sinner's prayer, though that is really important, but we have an opportunity to bring people to the reality that Jesus is the cosmic ruler of all the world, all the cosmos, all the galaxy, everything that is. And in Daniel chapter 7, uh, we see the, this prophecy about Jesus. And here at the end of, of Matthew, let me jump back real quick. Uh, as Jesus says, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. He is uh, he's calling back to this uh, prophecy that we see in Daniel. All through the, the gospel according to Matthew, we see that uh, he is revealing that Jesus is the fulfillment of all the promises of the Old Testament. Everything from the Old Testament, all the stories that we know, all the, the law and the prophets have all led up to Jesus Christ, right? And so when Jesus says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, he, people would have immediately remembered, excuse me, Daniel chapter 7, and it says, in my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. And so we see Jesus speaking of the fulfillment of this Old Testament prophecy. And after the resurrection, Jesus has ascended to his rightful place as the ruler of this everlasting dominion. And the response to his absolute authority is that all people in all nations and all languages should serve Jesus. And God in his wisdom and his grace has allowed us to partner with him in leading people to this reality. To the reality of King Jesus. And, and as disciples of Christ, we uh, are, as we talked about last, last week, we're called to, to learn all that Christ taught, right? We are called to, to learn what, what Jesus meant when he said that the greatest commandment was to love God and uh, love others, right? We need to learn how to apply that into our lives. And then through, through that, we, we step into this uh, command that Jesus gives to go, right? And we, we lead others, 
to Christ, you know, and so that they can teach others, and so on and so forth. This continual cycle of learning and leading and learning and leading. Right? I, I think it's it really exciting uh, that, so Jesus, uh, he, he dies on the cross, he's dead, and he raises again, right? And he comes and he uh, shows up to his, his disciples and he says, all authority has been given to me, go, therefore, and make disciples. And from that point on, right, and so we see Jesus telling his dis- who he discipled his disciples to go and make disciples. That makes sense? All right, and so these disciples and those disciples made disciples and those disciples made disciples and those disciples made disciples, right, in this continual cycle of learning and leading, and now here we are, right? We are on the, the receiving end of what Jesus commanded 2,000 years ago. And there is an un, uh, uh, unbroken line of, of learning and leading, of, of discipleship, to get us to where we are today. Wow, that is amazing. And now we have an opportunity to continue this chain, to continue leading people to Jesus Christ. And um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with uh, Poe from Kung Fu Panda, not, <laughs> not Poe Dameron. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Kung Fu Panda, uh, Poe is, is a panda, and he uh, ends up being the dragon warrior, right? It's been a long time since I've seen this movie, so. So uh, Poe becomes uh, the dragon warrior, and uh, he comes to the temple or the dojo or whatever it is, right? And the, the other animal ninjas and Shifu, the rat ninja. No, that was, he wasn't a rat. He was a red panda, thank you. He was the red panda. Yeah, it's good. And so, and so we see in Kung Fu Panda 1 that, that Poe learns to become a ninja, right? Or, or a kung fu master. And he, uh, 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 he becomes the dragon warrior and he defeats the, the big bad guy at the end of, end of the movie, which is great. And so then a few weeks ago, I am in the movie theater. I don't think it was before Star Wars. I can't remember. Anyway, Kung Fu Panda 3 is coming out. <laughs> All right, good news. Kung Fu Panda 3 is coming out. And now uh, uh, Poe is training up a whole village of, uh, of pandas. Right? And so this, this guy, who didn't seem like he was much of anything, he, 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 he submitted to being a, a disciple of Shifu. Now he's a fantastic dragon warrior, and now he is passing that on to his panda friends. Right? And uh, theoretically, in Kung Fu Panda 4, the, uh, the panda family will continue passing it on and on and on and on and on and on it goes. All right? And so we, and so just like Kung Fu Panda, we get to do the same thing. We get to train up the people who are coming after us. Mark, you didn't need that illustration. I did not. But, I, but it was fun. Thanks, Bill. Was it good? Two thumbs up. So there we go. Um, <laughs> your kids were, oh, it wasn't just the two of you? It wasn't date night? Hey. Be, yeah, I'm not going to judge. You do what you want. It's a good movie. So as Christ followers, right, we are, we are not just 
kind of passing on the teachings of some ancient wise person, like Poe was, but we are, are passing on the, the teachings and we are leading people to the actual creator king, right, who, who rules his heavenly throne. Right? We're not just passing on what Jesus said in, the, in the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount and kind of passing on this kingdom ethic and like if you live this way, life will go well for you, even though I actually, actually think that that's true. I don't think you need to be a Christian to put into effect the, the teachings in, you know, that we find in Scripture and things are going to go better for you. All right, That's reality. But we are, we're doing more than that by bringing people to the person of Jesus. We're leading people to the one who is going to return, who's going to bring fulfillment of this kingdom of God, this eternal kingdom where peace and justice reign. Right? We're leading people to the, the one who's going to renew all things, who's going to defeat sin and death. We are leading people to the light of the world who is the only hope for peace and joy and love and fulfillment and salvation. And I believe that is true. I believe that you cannot find these things outside of Jesus. And yet there's this fear, like, I don't want to push my beliefs on other people. I don't, you know, I'll just kind of let them figure it out, right? But we have this, like, we know a reality that Jesus is the king, that he is the, the, the one who brings fulfillment and love and joy and peace and salvation. We need to bring people to that reality. And as Christ followers who have received this salvation, you know, we have stepped into this fullness of life, or at least we have an opportunity through the Holy Spirit, through the, the gift of, of God to enter into this fullness of life. And we find acceptance and we find love, right? And it's so, so good, right? And it is incredibly important that we receive that and that this reality of salvation and this reality of God's unfailing love gets inside of us and it changes us as individuals. And it is incredibly important that we come together as the body of Christ and we celebrate this new reality and we spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And that is fantastic and it's important and it is commanded in scripture to do that. But we cannot, but we cannot keep this good news to ourselves. We cannot stay within the, the four walls of this church, worshiping God and serving one another, and, we, and think that that somehow is the fulfillment of our Christian life. Because the last thing that Jesus said in Matthew 28, before he ascended to heaven, was to go. He said, go. Therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Go, therefore. Why does he say therefore? He says it because the, the sentence before this, right, was all authority has been given to me. I am the cosmic ruler. I am going to sit on this throne for all eternity. I am the reality that this world needs. And because of that, because I am reality, go and make disciples. And then in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he gives a, a similar commission to his followers. And he promises the empowerment of, of the Holy Spirit to fulfill this command. To be witnesses to me. To be witnesses to Jesus. 
right? And we talked about that week one, that we aren't left to our own strength and our own devices to make disciples and to fulfill this call that God has given us, but we have been filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And if we have been empowered and if we have been commanded, that means to follow Jesus, we must be leading others towards Jesus. And this is, can be difficult, and this is something that I often have wanted to run away from and go, I'm not going to be too worried about that. I'll leave that to the evangelists. Right? But he doesn't say, some of you that are really into this, go and make disciples. He never even says, go and, and, and build a, a pole barn and, and, and worship for one half of an hour before that. You know? He doesn't even say, go and have a 20-minute daily devotion every morning so that you, can, you know, that you can grow in the knowledge of me. He doesn't say that. What he commands after he ascends is to go and make disciples. And so to follow Jesus, to actively follow Jesus and to, to, to fulfill and to apply the commands that he's given us means leading others towards God. It means to be a witness of Jesus in our community, being witnesses in the world. And I think that we just, and this is probably clear already, that if we're not leading others towards Christ, we're not fulfilling that command. So, well, that's kind of a downer, Mark. Real nice. <laughs> but it's not that horrible. <laughs> How do we do this? How do we fulfill this command and, and not be sad and annoyed by it all the time? Well, I think, I think I've got, got some ways we can step into this leading in, in the church. All right? How do we do it inside the, the four walls? Well, I would encourage you that we should all be looking for somebody that is younger than you, younger than you in, in the faith, and pour into their lives. All right, we talked about this last week from the, the disciplees' point of view, right? You should be being disciples. But as a community of believers, as people that are following Jesus, we should be looking for, for people to pour into that we can raise up and we can disciple, that we can encourage, that we can love on, and that we can spur on to good works, you know, and to growing in the knowledge of God. You know, we should be looking for people who want to be discipled, who want to be transparent, who want to grow in their faith. You know, people who want this loving correction and honesty spoken into their lives. Because as I, as I mentioned last week, that is how I've seen so much significant growth. Not by just sitting in my room reading my Bible by myself, but, but talking to, to people and going, oh, this is what the Bible said, and, and this is kind of what I'm feeling, and, and I'm struggling with this. You know, would you pray for me? And as we come together in those discipling relationships, we grow so much more than we could ever grow on our own. It's a significant, significant means of grace in our lives that we step into discipleship relationships. So look for people that you can pour into. And we have a lot of opportunities here. Good news. You can do it. You can teach Sunday school. Pouring into to the kids there is so important. I'm so grateful for all the people at, at New Day and, and in the, the church of Christ that pour into the lives of young people. You know, the same can be said for helping with youth group and pouring into those uh, young people. But you could also be a life group leader. 
you know, and, and uh, just have build relationships with people in the church so that you can speak into their lives and raise them up. You know, and I would encourage you, you could even do one-on-one -on -one discipleship. What? And I, and if, if, if you have a heart for that, like, I know people that want to be discipled. And if you talk to me, I would love to get you guys hooked up. Because Cameron and I and the other leaders, we can't disciple everybody in a 250-person church, right? We need to work together to, to do that. Um, so those are ways to be leading and discipling in the church. And if you're young, if you're new to the faith, I encourage you to find somebody that will speak into your life. And it doesn't need to be a big, long commitment. We are all busy. I realize we are all super busy. But just find a way. How can you disciple? How can you pour into the lives of somebody else? So that's how you can lead in the church. How do we lead outside of the church? This is a little bit more scary, right? This is the part that scares me a bit. Um, you could do evangelism. Ooh. Some people are passionate about evangelism, right? Uh, our, our own Sean Clinton, if you know Sean, he is, a, a, he is passionate about evangelism. He will stand on his van and preach the gospel downtown. He, is, he will wander the parks telling people uh, about Jesus, and that is awesome. But then there is also, you know, somebody like Sarah Gerber who, driving down the road, I remember this story, driving down the road and just felt like God told her to go talk to that person mowing the lawn. I'm just like, what is that? Like, that's, that's impressive. You know, and, but are we open to this, uh, to, to God leading us and guiding us, giving us opportunities to, to reveal the reality of, of Jesus into a world that is darkened by sin and death and corruption? Right, we have the light, we have the hope that these people need. And we owe it to them to reveal the light to them. So pray that God would give you opportunities to, to share the truth. And here's, here's a super easy way. You could invite people to church. That seems easy enough. That seems easy, right? The church is fantastic. I am a big fan of church, right? And I think Jesus is great. I love Jesus. And the, you know, just the, the community here is great. And why would we not want people to be part of that? You know, it's through the, the ministry of the church, through the, the body of Christ, that my life was radically transformed, right? It was because Amber invited me to church that changed my life. You know, and it's, 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 it's as I came into the church, and, and, and God just met me here. Jesus just impacted me, and I, uh, after a few weeks, gave my life to God, and I've been running after him ever since. Just in how many other stories are there uh, of people who were invited to church and they met Jesus and their lives were changed? We have to remember that Jesus is actually real. Jesus is actually powerful and Jesus actually moves in the hearts of people. And when people come to church, when, they are, when they're invited, they, they show up because there is a need or there is a longing in their hearts. You know, even if they don't realize it or they can't articulate it, without Jesus, there is something missing that people are longing for. And so I encourage you to invite people into the church. And the final thing that we can do by leading outside of the church is just living this kingdom ethic that Jesus reveals and the Bible reveals throughout, throughout the scriptures, right? The, this, this kingdom ethic of love 
and honor and justice and mercy and self-sacrifice and submission. As we live these lives, it, it gives us influence. It gives us opportunities to tell people that we live this way because Jesus lived this way for us. And because Jesus, who sacrificed everything to pay the penalty, to deal with the sin problem that we are all struggling with, that this Jesus who paid the penalty for my sin is now alive. And that he is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And as we live this out, as we live this kingdom ethic out, loving and taking up our cross and, and sacrificing our own desires and needs for others, it will give us opportunity to shine the light of the gospel as we proclaim the truth of Jesus into people's lives. So I encourage you that living well is a significant way that we lead others closer to God. So if we want to be a church that is making a difference, that is bringing the light of God into a world of darkness, we must be leading others towards Christ in the church and outside of the church. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, hopefully uh, the, the series of messages have helped you get a better grasp of what it means to be a church that is loving, learning, and leading. And I just think that as, as we leave here and as a community, let's uh, try to grab onto these things and to be a church that is making a difference and to live these things out, loving, learning, and leading in our daily lives. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me and we'll just close in prayer. Father God, we love you. God, you are worthy. You are holy. You are righteous, God. And we thank you that you have invited us to partner with you to continue the work of being lights in this world. God, and I pray for opportunities for us to lead people towards you, both in the church and outside of the church. God, you are worthy. You are faithful. And we want to fulfill your command to go and make disciples. In your name we pray. Amen.